Yo, what up, Street Dogs? Eric Kim. All right, so some turbo thoughts. So the first turbo thought is this: how to streamline your artistic, your photographic process, and thinking about um, essentially like removing friction from your creative life. So why is this important? And some thoughts. So first and foremost. I think for us as photographers and for us as artists, we're actually happiest when we're streaming, when we're flowing, we're kind of in the zone, right? And what does it mean to be in the zone? When you're in the zone, you kind of get like this out of body experience. And to me, it's like the closest thing to, to bliss as possible. The basic notion is when you're so in the zone, all notions of time, space, blah, 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 totally evaporate. And it actually, it's great because it actually ends up making you feel quite godlike. You don't even feel godlike, actually, you just feel like you've uh, ascended to a new uh, plane of existence. And I don't mean to say this in some sort of like weird, you know, kind of spiritual or metaphorical or metaphysical or, you know, pseudo or mystical way. It's just, it's just like, it's a pure physiological sense of like power overwhelming. And to me, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. So I often get this feeling when I'm teaching, when I'm walking, when I'm talking, when I'm lifting weights, when I'm writing, when I'm out shooting photos and stuff like that. And so essentially anything that kind of gives you the opportunity to kind of get this out of body experience, uh, the better. Now, how does one achieve this state and is this state uh, desirable? So, some basic thoughts. First and foremost, if you want to overcome some sort of artistic or creative barriers or hurdles you got, switch your camera settings to the smallest setting JPEGs. So like, you know, I don't know if you shoot with a Fuji or a Ricoh or a Leica or whatever, just shoot JPEG, keep in automatic mode or use a filter or whatever, and just keep it in the smallest JPEG form possible. Now, the, the big benefit to, uh, to shooting um, small JPEG is that oftentimes like, okay, I think the worst thing for creativity is like shooting full resolution raw images because like it's just like such a fucking pain that has to process it. It takes goddamn forever and uh, I, don't, I don't personally like it. And not to say that you shouldn't, but like just as a practical thought, often shooting raw is really bad for our creative output and flow because you know every time I don't know about you but whenever I shoot a, a raw image always in the back of my head my like, fog I'm gonna have to process it again later and also even with modern cameras you know you gotta keep buying faster SD cards and the the processing takes forever and then you gotta import to your computer the transfer takes forever as to write the files to the card that takes forever so all of it takes forever and the, 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 your desired outcome is for you to make new photos and keep producing, but that actually ends up hindering you or obstructing you. So some uh, other thoughts. So even with blogging, vlogging, and everything in between, I'm kind of experimenting. What is the minimum viable, viable uh, file size? So like this video I'm shooting 1080p, 30fps. And the main reason is like, I'm self-hosting a lot of my videos now to videopress.com, which is like a WordPress plugin. And 
The, the problem is whenever I shoot 4K or even 1080p uh, 60 FPS, the file sizes are just way too big and I have to reformat it and resize it and stuff like that. And then once again, it kind of uh, takes time um, away from me and takes forever. And so what I want to do is lessen that creative obstruction and just kind of give me the opportunity to just kind of focus and flow on what I actually enjoy most, which is actually uh, the creation part. And that's what creativity is. Creativity ain't about like novel, artistic, genius endeavors. Creativity is more about just having the desire and the propensity to create and having the, del the delight and the joy in creation. So what does that mean? That means as a creator, as an artist, you start to see more joy interest and intrigue and just reality in general rather than worrying about being a perfectionist because what is perfectionism? Perfectionism is about caring too much about what other people think about you and your output and stuff like that and so typically I think perfectionism is kind of like a herd mentality where is like herd mentality slash utilitarianism where you're striving so hard to get people to like you and admire you that you actually don't end up doing it for yourself, you do it for others. Now, I think also that's where, like I know for, for myself personally speaking, uh, I personally had a lot of obstructions in my artistic whatever, in, the, in so far much as Caring too much about other people and trying to prove myself to other people because like even with photography one basic <laughs> I still remember this right back in the days of Flickr when I first started Flickr in like uh, 2010 2009 or something like that my life goal was to get a hundred favorites on Flickr. I'm like, yo, once I get a hundred faves, you know, I can retire. And then it became 200 faves and 300 faves and so forth. But anyways, um, and so it kind of becomes a silly thing, like even in modern society, right? You're taught, okay, you start off with base income of, let's say, you know, 30 or $40,000. You had to climb up to 50, 60, you know, 80, 90, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, a mil, 10 mil, 100 mil, a bill, 10 bill, 1 trillion. <laughs> so there, there's, I mean like money ain't bad, likes ain't bad, social media isn't bad in itself. It's more of like when your own personal desires are getting hijacked by societal norms or expectations, that's a bad thing. And this is actually something that I try to spend a long time thinking and you know I still haven't quite figured this out is how much of my desires are man-made and constructed by society and externally and how much of these desires are actually internal and natural promptings of myself. So for example some things actually I do genuinely care about and like for myself I like lifting weights, I like bodybuilding, I like getting buff, I like to keep my body fat percentage low, I like aesthetics, I like uh, sculpture, I like all black everything, I like uh, rap music, hip hop music, I like jazz, I like uh, 
creation, I like creativity, I like, I like all these things, right? I like to dance. So, Certainly when you're taught this is good, that's bad, that's not good, that's not right. And even uh, as I've gotten older, from when I was younger to now, it's all about like people telling you what to say, what not to say, what to be politically correct, blah, blah. And actually, you know, I think I was probably the most free-spirited probably in like, I don't know, high school, maybe middle school, elementary school, maybe even younger. That's before I knew notions of like all these big lofty notions that modern society superposes upon ourselves. And so I think, yeah, the, the test of integrity is to really just ask yourself, what do I really personally believe in? What do I not personally believe in? What do I care for? What do I not care for? <clears throat> and having the courage that like, okay, I don't really care for money. And this is a tricky thing too, cause like, Truth be told, I don't really care for money, but it's not like one of those things where it's a moralistic thing, because I don't think money's evil, I don't think money's bad, but a lot of people tend to think that money's evil, money's bad. And some, some people are taught, oh, to care about money is evil and bad, and some other people say that not to care about money is evil and bad because you're putting others at a disadvantage. And so it's just, you just gotta test your own your own personal genuineness in terms of what you truly believe in and whatnot. Now, how does one do this? Go on lots of long walks, put away your phone, don't listen to headphones, and uh, one of the upsides to coming to nature and looking at nature is that when you look at nature, it allows your mind to just kind of breathe a little bit and think a little bit. And so I could certainly say for myself, when I go to nature and stuff like that. It's kind of like, um, I said in my online workshop the other day, an artistic barbell where, you know, sometimes we enjoy being in the city, some days we enjoy being out in nature, and to, to combine those two, right? Like extreme one side, nature, one extreme the other side, city. It gives more birth and genesis to new innovative ideas and thoughts and it gives genesis to new forms of uh, creativity. So even like seeing the trees, you notice all the, the nice fractal patterns in which it grows in. So beautiful, just love, just looks like a dance, right? And even seeing the color green, color green is better than any bling bling I could see. <laughs> And insofar much as I've learned about my life, it's all about just like self-experimentation, um, self-motivation, self, yeah, self-experimentation where anything comes to any of the things with your artistic stuff, your photos, whatever. You just gotta keep experimenting and see what works for you, see what doesn't work for you, see what you care about, see what you don't care about. And it just comes down to cultivating your own taste and following your own taste. Because, like, okay, this is a funny thing. 
I don't know any child who likes the taste of beer or likes the taste of coffee, right? It's like something that you're, you're trained to like. Same thing with the coffee and espressos. Um, you have a nice light roasted Ethiopian single origin. You have a nice shot of espresso. That's something you have to like train yourself and cultivate yourself to like. Same thing with like fine wines or whatever. But who's to say what is good taste, what is bad taste? Like, yo, if like, you know, my friend likes to drink Folgers, dark roast, super dark roast. Who am I to say that that taste is bad taste? I'm like, yo, if you like it, it's good taste. And I think that's the big problem in society. We're taught there is only, there's a hierarchy of tastes. And if your taste does not abide by mine, you are an idiot. <laughs> because, yeah, everyone is, a, everyone is a mini tyrant in and her and herself and wants everyone else to obey them and do as they say. But Christian morality tells us otherwise. Yo, check this out. So the tree grows here and it's branched out that way. Even actually one thing I'm starting to like too, shooting 30 FPS. I kind of like it how it's a little bit choppy compared to uh, 60 FPS. And the, the fun part is, um, It kind of reminds me of stop motion or it kind of reminds me of uh, like doing animated GIFs which is actually something I'm experimenting a lot with. So yeah, like you as a photographer, videographer, whatever, experiment with different frame rates, different resolutions, whatever, different filters. Um, and typically, once again, just kind of like, just kind of like honestly ask yourself like what do I like, what do I not like, rather than how can I maximize my views? Which is typically the, the thing that most people do. It's like, people are always about like view maximization, but I'm more about like personal fun, creativity, maximization. And how does one do this? Once again, just do what's easiest for you. Even with blogging, I'm starting to care less about featured images and stuff like that. I've, I've temporarily disabled featured images on my blog. And to me it's nice because it allows me to publish a lot faster, more streamlined. So I really do think that my theory about this like whole streamlined effect is kind of a good one because to me, all forms of uninhibited creation and creativity is good. So maybe that's the, the moral of the story. Uninhibited creativity and creation is the goal.